said, well, you know what? I'm going to take care of it. And that's the night That's the night I went in the forest, drove my car and um, plugged the pipe to my car. And I wanted to finish with it because I was so sad, so angry, so lost and everything. And Welcome to the Depression Files, where we talk about everything related to mental health. From depression and other mental illnesses, to medication, to suicide awareness and prevention, to our current mental health system, and of course, to the stigma that surrounds mental illnesses. We educate those who may know little about mental illnesses while giving hope to those who may be suffering. I'm your host, Al Levin, and I want to thank you for tuning in. Let's get started. Hello, hey, welcome to the Depression Files. I want to welcome my guest uh, today is Jean-Francois from Canada. Jean-Francois, hey, I am really excited to have you on uh, the Depression Files. Really excited that you're here. Um, so welcome. Welcome. Thank you. How are you tonight? Uh, doing great. I'm really excited. Uh, you know, I did a little bit of reading about you and uh, was really excited that we connected and uh, excited to have you on the show. Yes, thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I'm wondering, uh, you know, if we, why don't we start here, if you could just uh, share a bit about yourself with our uh, listeners. Yeah, sounds good. So yes, my name is Jean-François Dupram from Quebec, French-Canadian. But I've been living in Camor, Alberta, just close to Banff National Park for the last 12 years. I'm really passionate about the outdoors. Uh, one of my big projects is I love climbing mountains. That's why I live here. I love hiking, being in the nature. I have two beautiful kids. And uh, yeah, I'm just really happy to be here tonight. Excellent. Uh, how old are your kids? My son is nine years old and my daughter is five years old. And I'm just going to be turning 39 in uh, two weeks. Excellent. Well, an early happy birthday to you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, do you have a full-time job out there near Banff, or is it just the, the hiking that you're doing for now? Uh, fortunately, no, I'm not hiking full-time for work. That would be nice. But I'm do well, I'm working for the National Park here. I'm working for Banff National Park. So I'm working here as a guest service attendant, working at the entrance of the park. So when people come in the park, they have to pay a fee, just like your uh, National Park in the States. So that's what I'm doing right now. Offering service and smile to people. Awesome. That, oh, God, that I have heard just amazing, amazing things about Banff, although I've never yet been there. Yeah, it's a pretty amazing place. Um, this is my fourth visit here. The first time I came here, I was 20 years old and I just fell in love with the place, fell in love. I was already really into outdoors and camping and hiking, but then I discovered a bigger mountain and started going up to the top of the mountains and Start doing a little bit of rock climbing, ice climbing, which led to mountaineering, and that's what's that's what keep me alive. I'm really passionate about the outdoors, and again, it's just such an amazing place to raise a family here. And there's a really beautiful francophone community here in, as well. We have about uh, seven, no, three thousand people in Camor that are francophone out of eleven thousand, so that's pretty nice. And uh, yeah, it's a beautiful place. Good skiing, good outdoor. Oh, it sounds amazing. So you named a several different styles of climbing you you engage in all different types it sounds like huh that's right yeah i just start by what we call scrambling so you go up top of the mountain without any equipment and then uh, a few years back about 12 years ago i started rock climbing with a rope and then that led into a little bit of ice climbing and then ice climbing led me to bigger mountain where you go on the glacier and you have to bring a rope up together and 
go on top of the mountain, bigger mountain. And it's just, it's just amazing to walk in such beautiful places and enjoy the view from the top whenever the weather is good. It's, it's a blessing. That's For me, it's like going up to the church. That's where I feel close to myself, close to my power. And it's nice to be up there with friends and sharing as well. Yeah. Oh, it sounds amazing. It must just be so beautiful. It is, yes. And it's just about uh, finding your passion, whatever it is. For me, I find it here. And like the first time I came here, again, I was 20 years old and I just fell in love with the place. And I felt like, wow, this is this is where I want to live. Uh, I always, I don't know, even as a kid, I was always wondering why I lived in Quebec. I mean, it was a beautiful place. But since my first visit here, I'm like, oh, this is, this is where I feel good. Like, yes, there's mountains everywhere. There are big rocks. For people, it's just rock. But for me, it's energy it gives me lots of power and it's standing on top of it it's just like whoa dream come true it's, it's pretty pretty amazing that's funny your uh, my daughter just uh, received a present and it was a shirt that said live in the dream and you are making me go. think you're making me think of that like like you learned about this place when you're 20 and now you are there and you are living the dream that's awesome that's right. Yeah, we do need those dreams and we need to make steps. And it took me three tries to come back here. And last time I was back in Quebec, I went back to school and I met my wife and she decided to leave everything behind, leave her family behind. And she followed me and she loves it. She's teaching here at the school and Francophone school. And it's, it's a dream come true, really. Yeah. Oh, it sounds amazing. So I know um, I read that you had first experienced depression at around age 16, it sounds like, huh? That's right. Yes. Um, I went through some different traumatizing events. Uh, It started when I was 13 years old. My sister was younger. She was three years younger. One day she just went to school and for without any reason, she fell down on the floor. She kind of had some epilepsy and then they took her to the hospital. They didn't really know what was happening after spending lots of time at the hospital and doing lots of different tests and being really painful, they find out that she had some holes in her brain. So there was not any names or it was the first case in the world with something like that. So she spent spent probably three months at the children's hospital. She had to have a brain surgery and it was really scary. Like we spent lots of time at the hospital and she was brave. She was amazing. She's still an amazing woman but uh, for me like i was i was really close to my sister and it was a really traumatizing event to go to the hospital and see kids sometime you go the week after they're dead they're not there anymore or just for her to go through the the surgery and the doctor said well you know it's 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 brain surgery so she could die she could paralyze she could they didn't know what was really happening so that was really scary and then yeah she ended up uh, paralyzing a bit on the left side okay. so after that three after that three months she had to go to another special um hospital so she can learn walking again and everything so the whole thing was about six months to a year and as a family as a brother it was really traumatizing and then at the same time i got uh in the same year or the year after i got arrested for some uh uh things i did i guess and um had to go to court for about a year so before everything was settled and we got a court case and everything so that experience really affected me, like as far as self-confidence. And I think from there, it just went a bit downhill for me. Right. I mean, those things I did, I really regretted. And I caused some pain to people. And like I broke and entered into some people's houses. And like now thinking about those things, I'm like, wow, that's not me. How is that even possible? So I, I've tried to understand what really happened. I don't know. 
Um, but yeah, that really led me to really bad and poor self-confidence. And then I was 15 years old. So after that, like my parents, well, they had to went through my sister's disease and then uh, me being arrested. And then they decided to divorce. And that for me, the divorce was just the start of pretty much hell. Right. And, that's, and uh, I was anti-drug, no alcohol, no drug until I was 15, 16. I was playing sports nonstop all the time. I was just full of energy. But then after that, all those different adventures, I just felt lost. I didn't know who I was anymore. I had no self-confidence. And I used that energy that I used before for sports and good stuff. I used it in a negative way. So I started drinking and using drugs and partying all the time and sex and gambling. Well, pretty much everything I could have used, I used it. Right, right. Oftentimes we talk about those um, vices such as the alcohol, the drugs, and all of the pieces you've mentioned as self-medicating. So... Um, and I know when you're 16, depression can even look different than for an adult. Would you say you were experiencing depressive thoughts? I know you talked about kind of being lost, not knowing who you were. Um, but were there actual other feelings that you would describe to um, that were symptoms of your depression at the time? Well, up to a few years ago, I never thought about me being depressed at that point but now looking back at it and knowing more about it i'm like well definitely i was depressed and but like that was what 16 that was about 20 years ago so we were not like we still at this point of time today we don't talk about depression too much we imagine like 20 years ago nobody was really think talking about it so i was like well maybe i'll i'm just going through something just going through a phase i'll get better but yeah i was definitely down every day and i was having Neg negative tone it was just angry at everyone and everything and were you going to was, school regularly still at that time yeah i was still going to school and uh -huh. um after being arrested there was something in the newspaper saying well somebody got arrested for broken hunters but they didn't say my name because i was younger right but like people exactly knew or some people knew it was me and that really affected me even more as for my self-confidence i was like well i'm nothing and why did I do that? And yeah, it was lots of question in my mind. And that's one of the reasons I think I just wanted to get high and wasted so I could forget about that. And right. Well, it was not really helping. I thought it was, but looking back at it now, it definitely wasn't helping. It was just making my case worse. But, you know, you're young, you're suffering, or it doesn't matter if you're young or older, you're suffering. So you're just trying to deal with it. And that's all the, that's all I could find uh, at that point to heal myself. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. You know, um, even as adults, people think they're self-medicating and feeling better. And it, you know, I would imagine it does give some temporary relief. But in the long run, it certainly is more damaging to the mental health than any kind of For benefit. Sure. Um, so, you know, it's really interesting. I think that so many men I talk to talk about having depression at a much younger age looking back upon it, but at the time not really realizing. And what really strikes a chord with me is that I'm a, a school administrator and I actually am right now working in a school building that's grades five through eight. And we deal with kids who I know have, there are plenty of kids with mental illness. And as they, you know, I think about them not really knowing how to describe what they're going through as being depression and how as adults we have to kind of say, Hey, you know, you're presenting these different types of symptoms. We're wondering what's going on with you. And as a middle schooler whose brain is still developing 
and they're going through all the hormonal changes and so forth, like I often wonder, are they even able to comprehend that they're going through depression, that things are really rough on them and it doesn't have to be that way. And if we get them support, it can be so much better. So I, I often have those thoughts about the students I work with currently. Yeah. And as you said, being a teenager, it's already challenging enough. You're going through lots of stuff, but with those adventure or things that happened in my life, added to everything, it was just like, I was so confused and lost. And then, um, and then around age 18, while I was using lots of drugs and drinking and partying all the time. And my mom, my mom, that was, yeah, sorry for mom. <laughs> it was pretty, it was pretty hard on her. And then I was starting to have some issue with gambling as well. I was about uh, 18 and I was not making too much money at the age of 18, but I was just spending all my paycheck and I remember winning money and just putting back in it and just hoping for more. Or, I don't know the excitement or something. I'm not too sure what I was looking for in there. I was just looking for, I don't know, more and more and more. But the, at the end, it was just creating a bigger, deeper holds really and so many nights I was coming back out of the bar and I spent all my money and I was just swearing myself and you're stupid and all that and then one night um I had spent my paycheck and then I used some of my line of credit money to to gamble like five hundred dollars that was a lot when I was 18 oh yeah and then my and my mom that was working at the bank she find out she's like oh you use some of your money and are oh, you gambling again and she kind of knew I had some issue and you got some big issue you got to take care of it and then I said well you know what I'm gonna take care of it and that's the night that's the night I went in the forest drove my car and um plugged the pipe to my car and I wanted to finish with up because I was so sad, so angry, so lost and everything. And, uh, yeah, that was pretty, pretty intense. I can still see myself there. So that night you uh, were trying to end it all and, and take your life. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. that's exactly that. And I pretty much made it. I don't know at the last second. And I remember it was starting to smell in my car. It was starting to feel dizzy. But then I don't know. I thought about my girlfriend at that point, my family, and I just decided to change it. And uh, I'm glad I did. I'm glad to be here today and glad to be able to share my story and help people. But it, yeah, it was quite something. I'm, that was at age 18? Uh, 18, 19. I would say probably 19. Yeah. Uh-huh. And what. Uh... Was it was it that argument with your mom that just kind of and the realization of putting yourself in debt that kind of drove you so deep into the depression that you would um, attempt to take your life? Well, I think it's all the years before and that I was so unhappy every day and then that she catch me doing that. And I was just so mad at me for losing that money. And I was just again, like I said, I was calling me at myself names and stupid and all that and then she said well you got a problem I'm like yeah I'm gonna fix it and I was just so mad at everything and so yeah that was quite uh, quite the adventure and shortly after that after well I was still working at the same place in the grocery store for a few years and I thought you know what I'm gonna try working a different job and then uh, I started working as a butcher and after two weeks I cut half of my thumb and and I think that was related to myself, wanted to hurt myself, you know, sometime or thoughts and things we're thinking are really coming through. But that was exactly what happened at that point. So I did cut myself really bad, like pretty much all my thumb on the left side. And then that mean I had to go for surgery. And then I was off work for about a month, month and a half. And that work uh, related incident was a blessing because that's when I started reading books. I was at home 
kind of depressing again. But then I started reading book about uh, spirituality, personal development, and that really, really helped me. That was that was the beginning of a new me, I would say. Ah, that's and, awesome. And go ahead, sir. Uh, well, I want to bring you back to um, the when you um, were in the car and mm-hmm. you decided you decided to stop the your attempt. Um, what happened after that? Did you go home? Did you share with your family what you had just been trying to do? Um, or yeah, no, I didn't share it to anyone for many, many years. Really? Like, yeah, no, I was just inside of me, and, and I don't you, think. And you didn't get any help at that point either. So you just kind of dealt with moving forward on your own at that time, at age nineteen. Yeah, uh, that's what I tried to do, and then I mean, the few years after that, I was still. Using drugs, like I probably, yeah, I, I've used drugs for quite a while after that and partying and things were getting better, but they were still not good. Like right. there were still some issues going on. There was, there was definitely stuff I had to take care of, but I didn't, I didn't do anything about it instead of, yeah. Okay. And then, uh, and then you had your injury and after the injury, really, it, it sounds like you just started reading some really cool books about spirituality, mindfulness, it sounds like, and and you just on your own made this decision to to change your life it sounds like yeah i was i was just getting tired of feeling that way and those books really opened up my mind like one probably the first book or the book that really saved my life was uh the peaceful war from dan mailman um for anyone who's looking for a really good book to help you or even teenagers that's a really good book the peaceful war from dan mailman and that book really saved me like i could see myself in his character in the book and yeah, those books really helped me. So I was kind of struggling between, okay, I was feeling better with those books and personal development and everything. But then another part of me was still sad and still partying and yeah, using drugs to feel better and other other things happened in my life at that point. So that just added to me feeling not good about myself. But I was just trying to yeah deal with it my own way. Yeah. But still, I still never thought at that point I was depressed. Even though I tried to commit suicide, it never really came to my mind. I was maybe depressed. Or I was having some mental illness because right. again, it was not something we were talking about. So I was still, yeah. yeah, just having some personal issue. Yeah. So you never went to any type of counseling. Never saw never. a doctor. No, never until two years ago. Okay. Okay. Um, and what uh, what was it two years ago that brought you to a doctor? So, yes, I would say after those, uh, like that incident when I hurt myself and everything. So the years, the 10 years after that, like probably from yeah 20 to 35, like my life was always kind of up and down. It's like some good time, but it was always kind of a, like a dark clouds over my head. Like I could never fully feel happy about my life, about myself. There was always those bad thoughts about what I've done in the past. I had trouble forgiving myself for that and. Uh, I think one way I was dealing with that in my life is I was trying to be, I was a little bit too much of a perfectionist. So because I had been bad, bad before, I think unconsciously I was trying to do everything perfectly. And that really wasn't really good always. So what happened two years ago, I applied for a job that I always dream about. Mm. It was uh, a job here for the uh, provincial part to work as a conservation officer. So to work here in the mountains and help and protect uh, citizens and visitors, uh, wildlife, do some public safety. And that's a job I really, really wanted. And from the start, I was really stressed about the interview, the physical test, which I don't have any trouble with physical and pretty fit usually. Uh, But uh, 
So the training was actually a full month. So I got the interview, got the psych test, I got the job. I was really excited about it. I did the, so the training was like two weeks. We had to do physical combat and uh, uh, arrest and, and I hurt my back during the training. Oh, but I thought, yeah, I hurt my back. But I thought, you know, I'm not used to fighting. I'll t- things will get better. And then we had to do a firearm training. And at the end, I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sore. I'll get better and better. But it did not get better. So one day I decided to go see the doctor because I was not feeling good at all. I'm like, this is there's something something wrong with my back. And then the doctor said, well, you're off. You're done. Like you, you got a disc hernia and lumbar back strain as well. And so the dream job I had uh, for years and years just was was gone like because I hurt my back. So I couldn't do the job anymore. And that's when depression hit me again. And uh, at that point, I was starting to have some bad thoughts again. And I had some thoughts about suicide again and having kids and everything. I got really scared and I was just tired of tired of living like that. So that's when I decided to go get some help and I went to the doctor and the house I asked for a medication and it was really hard because part of myself wanted to but another part of myself felt like a shame and you're you're a loser and you don't need drugs and you're stronger than that you're weak you can do it you don't need drugs and so it was kind of a battle between myself and myself <laughs> but I finally ended up taking medication and going to a counselor and that really really helped me. Oh, that's fantastic. When I know you said you started to experience um, thoughts of suicide and such, were there other different types of symptoms that you could describe due to the depression? Well, definitely having the back issue, I was stuck on my couch for three months. I couldn't move or anything. So for me, physical activity is really something I need. I need to get that energy moving within my body to feel good and I just started working at a gym like a month ago, and that makes me feel so good. So being stuck on the couch for three months, I was really feeling low. I was starting to eat chips every day and having mm-hmm. drinks and smoking cigarettes again, and which is not something I do usually. And then, uh, yeah, before the job, my, my family was like, oh, we'll go to Quebec for the summer. And I'm like, yeah, this is perfect. Go go to Quebec. I enjoy your family. I'll be working and climbing on my weekend. So I had an amazing plan about the dream job and climbing and everything. But then, no, I was home alone on my couch, stuck and doing nothing. So it was uh, really challenging, definitely. Yeah. Oh, it sounds incredibly challenging, and especially after, you know, getting just a roller coaster of emotions after getting this job that you had dreamt about and and actually getting accepted and starting the training and then having to go through an injury that just changed your entire course it definitely did and but the good thing about going and seeing uh professional help is i was able to deal with some of my past issues and i think what i Earlier when I said I, I did some broken enters and my self-confidence was really low. But you know what? I, it, it did follow me up to that point in my life. Like I was lacking that self-confidence and that's part of me um, following me through that training as well for the job. Trying to be a perfectionist. Right. So that was a, a way for me to deal with low self-confidence, to be a perfectionist. And by doing too much in the in the training, well, that's exactly what happened. I hurt my back like I... I exactly snap under the pressure like my back just slap so that's i I really see a big uh, connection between the perfectionism and low self-confidence and that's exactly what happened to me at that point and it sounds like that was kind of the deep work you were able to do through a through talk therapy for sure yeah Yeah. i was able to go back and 
make peace with myself and recognize that those experiences were necessary for me to be here today and be the person I am. And it took lots of work, but uh, I was able to. There, there was other other things that happened around the age of 21 that uh, I never really spoke to anyone about it. And I talked to a friend about that two years ago, and that was kind of a big opening. Um, yeah, I can share about that. That's uh, I'm feeling better now sharing about that. But I was about 21 years old. That was just two years after I tried to commit suicide. I was just back from six months here in Banff, and uh, I met someone in Montreal. I was working as a cell person as a store. And that gentleman said, well, you know, if you need a job, I can help you find a job. And uh, so I got in contact with him and he was a super nice gentleman. And uh, he got me a job with the, the town, of, uh, the city of Montreal. And then he said, you know, I, I got some contact and I can help you with your, um, um, I had a case because I got arrested. So I had a, a case there, okay. a criminal, criminal record. So he said, you know, I can help you with your criminal record. So he helped me with that and that. And um I don't know exactly how it happens, but it ended up that after a few months, um, I was I was offering him some sexual um, uh, favors, favors for money, and I was I was just stuck in that freaking circle where I was stuck in there, but I didn't know how to leave. And then the more I was doing that, it happened about six times. The more money would give me, and then the more drug I would use to get around that, and that really that that thing really, again, just broke my self-confidence. And then I was questioning myself, am I, am I gay? Am I having some issue with that? And so that whole thing, that was a big chunk of me feeling bad about myself for years and years until like I was able to talk to a friend. And that evening with my friend, we had a good dinner together and then he started sharing some of his story and stuff. And then I did the sound and that was the first time for me sharing that story with anybody. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it was just amazing. Like I was shivering for half an hour because it was, it was like something so dark, so heavy coming out of myself. And even now I'm shivering. That was a close friend that you were able to share it with the yeah, first time. It was uh, one of my best friend here. Yeah. It was my good friend. Yeah. I think, you know, th that just speaks to another really important thing. I think, I think those personal connections are really important, right? Definitely. And you're able to share, they're able to support. And one of the, one, a very common symptom of depression is isolating, right? And then we don't see people, we lose our connections and, and it just increases the, the downward cycle of the depression. So that's awesome. It sounds huge that you were able to share with somebody. Um, the therapy sounds amazing. I mean, clearly they did some deep work with you around long time issues that have been impacting your life to this day that you've been able to work through. Um, so where are you at now with your depression as far as your moods, your depression? Um, it's actually much better. Um, so I've been on medication for about a year and a half. And at first we were kind of adjusting, taking more. Dalzaj was a little more. And then we start slowing down. And then I was feeling better last summer. So I thought, you know what, I'm just going to try and stop it. And then I was on vacation last summer, went to Costa Rica with my family. So everything was great. But then after we got back, back to reality, the, I, I could feel my mood slipping down again. And uh, I, I just wait out and, you know, I'm just getting used to my body is not, um, I just need to let go of the medication and see what happens. Uh, but then after a few months, I was really starting to feel myself going down again. 
So I went to the doctor and I said, well, it's not working for me at this point. So I'm just going to, and that took courage again to go and ask. But I said, well, I'd like to go back on medication and see if that helps. And so now it's been four or five months that I've been on the medication steady. And that really, like for me, it's, it's really helping out. I think, um, you know, you just brought up several points um, that really resonate with me. First of all, you're absolutely right. It takes courage to say, you know what, I think I need that medication again. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is a courageous thing, right? Especially it's easy to feel bad about taking the medicine. You mentioned that earlier, like, you know, it makes you, you're wondering, am I weak? Do I need this? But, you know, people take medication for lung disease, for diabetes, for everything else, right? That's and, right. And depression is an illness. And there's medication that can help some people. And so why not utilize that? And um, I also think that, you know, your story is very similar to many stories I hear where people are feeling better. So they jump off the meds and then it's like, whoa, those meds were really helping me. So um, it made me think about that as well. How, you know, just because you're feeling really good, you know, it could be partly those meds. Make sure you're working carefully with the doctor on making that decision of should I stop the meds? Should I not? And uh, and I'm glad you were able to, to convince yourself to, to jump back on them. Um, and then also finally that. I think another thing, a part of your story that also really resonated with me is that the medicine isn't a magic pill that takes care of absolutely everything, right? You did a lot of work through therapy, right? And you've talked about exercise and and getting outside, connecting with a friend. So it's not like you took medicine and said, all right, that's it. I'm going to be all better and this is going to solve my, my problems. But it's one of the many tools in your tool belt that you utilize that has supported you in your recovery. Yeah, that's exactly. And uh, I think that's what lots of people do. They just take the pills and then things will get better. But I think for me personally, if my mental illnesses and uh, the way I was feeling depressed, it was because I was having some past issues I needed to take care of. And I, I really think that's what depression is about is we all have experiences. There's things in the past we need to deal with and as long as we don't well we won't be able to fully be happy in our life and that's yeah the drugs really helped me because it kind of slowed down my thoughts in my brain and really helped me calm down and then I could um, accept some of the things in the past and deal with those things and yeah talking to a professional really helped and uh, even talking to my wife as well like I was able to share Mm -hmm. some of those things that she didn't know about myself and talking to a friend and uh, writing about it is amazing. And now sharing, like I started a website and I'm sharing my story and it makes me feel so good. I feel the more I share, the lighter I feel inside. So it's uh, it's amazing gift to, to give back. Yeah, that's fantastic. I think um, it also speaks to um, just, uh, you know, the, the work, the pers- perseverance you had in um, doing that deep work. You know, I have heard a social worker once told me, um, because I I was concerned about, you know, the doctors, some of the literature I read talks about if you have one episode of depression, the chances of having a relapse increases. If you have two episodes, the chances increase. And a social worker once said to me, you know, and I really believe this, there could be many people who relapse and many of those people may be the ones who do take the pill and figure that solves everything. Right. And don't do any of the other work. 
right? Mm. Like you have done some deep work with your therapist that will help you so much in the long run, right? And um, you are utilizing the medication now. You are getting outside. You're climbing. It sounds like you're back at the gym and you're exercising. And I know you're just a, a fit guy in general. So I think those people who make life changes around it have a much better likelihood of avoiding another episode of depression. Obviously, I'm, I don't have any science behind it. That's just my thought on it. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it really, really helps. And like, even through all those years that I've been through some difficult times and everything, and like those good moments I had is always because I've been a good, a big dreamer, um, like a dream of uh, being a firefighter. So I worked hard and became a firefighter. Uh, I wanted to do some modeling when I was younger. So I, I did that. Uh, I wanted to live in the West here and I did it. Uh, I wanted to go up some of the mountains. So I think part of my message I'm trying to, get out is uh, always have dreams because for me having some dreams and being passionate really helped me get through sometimes difficult times and uh, whatever your passion is like for myself nature and being active and climbing is definitely my passion that's what really helped me like when I go into nature that's when I reconnect with myself that's where in uh, being in the nature I find my strengths and weakness so I want to encourage everyone to hold on to those passion and find what what brings you peace in life like if you're if you like suing if you like cooking if you like jungling whatever you like that's what should direct your life and that's what really saved me as well like having that passion like whenever i was having some rough time i would just go into nature and go camping and have a fire and that really helped me it's kind of a meditation yeah absolutely i think you know any kind of hobby or something mm -hmm. like that is really important and, and I think you bring up a good point about having a, a goal or a dream, right? I've, I've heard it, um, people say that we're goal-seeking, goal-desiring beings, just humans, right? And if you lose, lose sight of having any kind of goal in your life, um, it can become a pretty low time. Yeah, you kind of lose sight of yourself. So, yeah, I always encourage people to have dreams, even if it's just something you want to accomplish by the end of the week. Or you want to make someone happy today, just, okay, today I'm going to smile to 20 people or just do little things. But have those smaller, bigger, medium, and bigger dreams at the end and works towards it. So that's something you want to take care of it and do a little bit every day in that direction and pull some action. It's, it's, it's amazing to dream because while you're dreaming and thinking, you're creating. But you also have to put some action towards it and have some feeling that, oh, yeah, it's coming. I can feel it. And just like right now, I started with a new project. It's called uh, Overcoming Mental Illness. And my, my big goal, my big dream is to climb the seven summits. So that's the highest summits of each continent. And my friends and I are planning to climb Mount Denali, so Mount McKinley in Alaska in June. So that's my new project. That's my new dream. Well, it's not a new dream and project. I always had that in my mind, like climbing the seven summits. But now that I'm getting doing more climbing, more and more engineering, and now that I made peace with myself and depression, that's I also at the same time I want to help people with mental illness. So that's what I'm doing a fundraiser for a Canadian mental health association at the same time. So that big dream is definitely helping my mood and making me feel good. And uh, even through some posts on my websites and everything, I can see that people are smiling and it's helping them. So it's, it's just amazing. Like whatever your passion is, do it, do what you like to do. And you'll, you'll just be illuminating other people's lives as well at the same time. 
Yeah, so that's a, a perfect uh, segue into the next piece I wanted to get into was more about um, your website, your climbing, your goal. Um, I know that uh, the cover of your website does, um, that's the first quote I read. It, it says, overcoming mental illness, one summit at a time. Exactly. Um, when did you create your website? And tell us more about the purpose of the website. Yes. Yeah, so I just, my friend helped me create my website. It just came on about uh, three weeks ago. Uh, the whole project just came into my mind like three months ago, maybe. And I just started, uh, built a Facebook page. Uh, now I'm on Twitter and Instagram and try to post a little bit every day and just uh, put some of my um, intuition in there and do a little bit of writing and put some pictures and videos. And so the goal of my website is to give more information to people about what I'm doing in my project, a little bit of information about the summits, which uh, the summits they are. Um, people can read about my story. There's some picture from past uh, trips I've done. And then also people interested can do a donation. And currently we're looking into probably doing um, partnership as well with uh, Mental Health America because one of my partners is from the USA as well. So we'd like to be able at the same time with the same website and product and um, the same project to do a, as well a fundraising for the United States. Ah, oh, that sounds amazing. Mm -hmm. When you climb the summits, will you be um, doing any videoing while you're doing that? Um, these are some of the details. We have a meeting with my friends pretty soon, so we'll talk about those details. Okay. Um, my, my friends has um, a reach device, it's called, so we'll be able to update on Facebook as well. And uh, I'm, I haven't made it that far in my project. It's just like it's been two months of busy, right, busy, right. working hard and working extra to make money for buying more ex equipment and gear and sleeping bags and all that. So but that's that's coming after the new year. What are we going to do if we're going to have a video going on or not? Um, and it, for most of us, all the three of us, it'll be our first time at high altitude. So uh, Mom McKinley, it's 6,000. 190 meters so we don't know how our buddy is going to react so i would like to do some filming but i don't know if it's going to have too much stress but we'll see we're, we're just going to have a meeting and talk about all that but we're all super excited about that and when i first um it was my two friends um plan to do the mondinelli and then i asked them to join and shortly after joining them i said well why don't we do something special like i had that big project in my mind and they just jumped in and the more stuff I put on my websites and everything. And I've been able to get some sponsor and they're just like, well, you know what, what you're doing is amazing and we want to help you make, make it happen. And that's the message I want to do with that project as well is, is um, just create some awareness for mental health, but promote the power of the dream and passion. Just exactly what I'm doing. Like try to be an example for people and kids and teenagers and nothing is impossible. One step at a time. Yeah. Oh, it sounds amazing. So these, um, it's a total of three of you, and these were old friends of yours, or how do you know these guys that are joining you? Uh, well, not really old, actually. One of the guys I met just last summer, we were three of friends climbing, and then one of my friends I know for, for years wasn't feeling well, so I just kept on climbing with the other friend, and then we got along really, really well, and I was already talking to him about my seventh pro uh, summits project, and we kind of had the same climbing techniques and uh, we just get along really well and then the other guy christopher which i don't know really well i only met him once but uh i have a really good feeling about it and uh, he's a doctor so that's uh, it's a really good plus for for a team and uh yeah i'm really excited to uh, get along together and we'll probably do a 
camping trip during the Christmas to try our gear and equipment and put things together. And we all have the same dream and yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, that is really exciting. So it, it sounds like a, like a pretty new piece for you. I mean, only a two or three months old that you've really been starting to put it together, but you are definitely, it sounds like you're definitely on target to make your first climb, do your first summit this uh, summer in June. That's right. Yeah, we apply for permits. We got our permits for Denali, so you have to apply because there's only 1,500 people that can climb every year. Okay. Uh, so we got our permit, and then uh, we start getting our gear and start organizing for foods and everything. So we got our flights booked. So everything is really coming together like really, really fast, actually. I'm really impressed, and every day I'm just thanking life for everything that's coming together. And, I, you know, when you're moving in the right direction you can feel it you're excited about it but yeah. then things things happens as well so i'm like yeah this is exactly what i'm going to do and but as i said that seven summit dreams has been in my mind for the last 20 years and it just kept pushing it back for i don't know not enough confidence and then we move and then had kids but now i'm just back at it and i'm really excited about doing a dream but also teaching and showing to people that yes follow your dream everything's possible and uh go for it I think it's amazing. I know on your website you talked about how few people in the world have done the seven summits. Yes, only seven people. Uh, no, not seven. Sorry, there's seven summits. Only, I believe uh, at this point, there's only 416 people and only 12 were Canadian. So not too many people. That's amazing. And you, uh, you said the first summit is Denali? That's right. That's the one we choose. Okay. But there is uh, so the other ones. There is uh, Mount Kilimanjaro. That's in Africa. The next one I'd like to do in January 2019 will be Mount Aconcagua. That's in uh, uh, Argentina, Chile. Okay. And then there is Mount Vincent in Antarctica. There is Mount Elbrus. That's in Russia. And then there is Pyramid of Karzin. That's Indonesia. And then the next big one will be Mount Everest. Oh my goodness. So you're saving Everest for the last. Yes. And I'm going to need lots of help for that one. Uh, like lots of reason, I think for that, not too many people have done the seven summits. It's uh, for the three of like the Vincent, uh, the one in the Indonesia Everest, they're really expensive. Like just the three of those, it's probably $120,000 US for permits and all that. Right, uh, right. Flights and everything. And the first one, Denali's in what country? Uh, in Alaska, USA. Okay, right. Yeah, I should know that, shouldn't I? My country. Yeah. And you yeah. already have your permit in hand. That's right. That, yeah, we got our permits. Has and... got to be so exciting. Like, like it I mean, was... a real symbol of like, wow, this is really, this is really happening. It is, and I just don't believe it. Like the other day, uh, I was looking at some pictures, and I'm like, wow, this is happening. Like that's a dream come true. I read so many books. Like everything I read is about mountaineering and personal development it's these two things which now i'm putting together so that's really nice and when you but, say uh, personal development you're not only talking physical fitness it sounds like but you're talking about motivation discipline mo and so forth that, yes and positive thinking yeah. and being in the present and spirituality that's what i really like to read as well and it's all so, incredible yeah. stuff for your mental health as well as uh the discipline of climbing i'm sure a, a huge piece of that Obviously, you have to be in tip-top physical shape to do something like this goal you have, but to be in tip-top mental shape has got to be a major piece as well. Oh, yeah. I don't think you can do that if you're 
having some mental issue. Like the mountain itself was going to throw some challenges us. Um, there's actually more elevation gain on Mount Denali than there is on Everest. And there is no Sherpa. There is no one carrying our gear. So yeah. we'll have to carry everything on our back. So we'll have a big backpack and a sled. So that's probably 150 pounds each. There's no one cooking. So we'll have to cook and dig. And yeah, there's yeah, yeah. The, the weather is really challenging on that mountain. So we'll see. Maybe we'll be lucky. Maybe not. But we're going there for fun. If it works, it works. And if and, you know, and, and when I, when I say you need to be in tip-top mental shape, I'm not even talking about like you can't be dealing with depression. I'm talking about you need to be in tip-top mental shape, like on top of your game mentally, I would imagine, because like you said, the weather comes up and um, everywhere you're stepping, everywhere everything counts, everything means something, and uh, you got to be on top of your game to do this. this. This is an amazing goal. It is an amazing goal, amazing challenge, and it's about teamwork. It's about being humble, about your feeling. Like days I might feel better, the other days I might not feel good at all. Other days my friends might not feel good with the altitude and everything. So it's really about being respectful of your team members' uh, limits and your own limits. Listen to your body. Don't push too hard because the altitude, it's over 20,000 feet. So you, I, I will probably feel it. I might feel crap. So it's about listening to buddies. Step down if you need to. Turn around if you need to. So listen to your buddy. You listen to uh, your heart. It's going to tell you what to do. And yeah, just go one step at a time. What uh, Give our listeners some idea of like a time frame to get um, to climb Denali. Like what are you thinking? How many days? So- yeah, so we're actually planning 21 days on the mountain. Okay. Uh, and then all, out of those 21 days, we have eight summit bids days. So depending on the weather, um, some people have friends here in Camo. They've done it in eight days. They were in tip-up shape physically, mentally. Uh, they had no issues with the altitude. They had amazing weather. Like it, it could still be minus 40 on the summit in June up there. Oh uh, but goodness. they had really good weather, so they were lucky. But it could be uh, yeah, up to 21 days. So we give ourselves 21 days, and we'll see. Because the thing is, you have to carry 21 days of fuel and food. And so that's a lot of – if you spend too long, well, you have too much to carry. So yeah. it's a lot of planning, lots of thinking, lots of gear buying. But it's exciting. It's um, Having that goal helped me feel so good about myself and really helps me go at the gym whenever I don't feel like it. I probably go at the gym after even if I don't feel like it. But I really, like, like what we said earlier, have, having those goals, smaller, big ones, it doesn't matter, but have some goals, have something to look forward to. That's what you need in life. That's what I need. And it's really helping me in all aspects of my life, physically, mentally. And it's, it's just amazing to dream and make it happen. What about, uh, can you give us a sense of your time frame? what you're thinking for the entire seven summit? Like, do you have a goal set for, do you actually have kind of a plan of dates for each of these summits and know when you'll wrap it up an idea or a, a plan an estimate? Well, I do have a dream plan. So I would like to do, um, so Denali would be in June. Next January, I'd like to do a Concagua that's in South America. The following summer, 2019, I'd like to do Mount Kilimanjaro and Mount Elbrus. And then probably 
the following years, maybe do Mount Vincent. So I'd like to do everything in three years, but we'll see. It's uh, like, I think the four first one, I can just work hard, work extra time and then afford those peaks. But for the last three ones, I'm going to need some sponsor and help and people that believe in my dream and people that want to help and jump in with me in that big dream and project. And because I don't have $80,000 US right now for Everest. <laughs> right, right, right. And you got kids to feed. That's right. Yeah. And, and, and they come first. And yeah. uh, like as much as I want to do that dream, as uh, at any point, that's what I told my wife. That if I don't like it anymore, if I don't feel comfortable anymore with that, if uh, I feel it's too risky, I'm just going to stop. And that's OK. It's it's life happens like one step at a time. If it works, it works. If I'm happy, uh, just like anything I did in my life, I try to do some firefighting. I was happy and then I didn't like it anymore. Well, I stopped. Yeah. Yeah. You always have the options. Yeah. Oh, it's being realistic too, right? That's right. Um, Do you know by chance uh, how long, I know you said it's, it's a small group of people who have done the seven summits. Any idea how long it took them on average? I mean, the fastest, I believe, was done in just under a year. Um, oh, some people, some people have done it in ten years, five years. It could be anything, but the fastest was, uh, I believe, just under a year. And then last year or two years ago, someone from the United States completed, and he was only, I believe, it was like fourteen years old. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so people are setting records on top of records and records, but I'm not going for records. I'm going there for fun. I'm doing this for the adventure and yeah. to teach people and have fun at the same time. And I mean, it's going to be challenging. No, no, no wonder. But <laughs> yeah, well, I know I asked about filming, and you brought up some great points that obviously you need to think about altitude. You need to, to think about technology and what's feasible and what's possible. But I do hope that in some way, there's some way to at least um, do some uh, points each night of where you where you are so people can kind of get a sense of where you are along your path. That would be amazing. That would be phenomenal. Yeah, that's part of the plan um, to work and contact some people that knows more than me about technology. And I mean, these days you can bring a little GoPro up there and do some pretty amazing filming. So I'll be looking into that. But you also need a solar panel and this and that and this and that. And just every single piece makes yeah. a big difference in the weight. So you got to think about everything. But I really like to because I've seen lots of film about climbing and um, I don't know. All of those films I've seen, they're amazing, but there's always been something missing, maybe the uh, the human side of it. Right. So I'd like to bring something in for myself, and uh, we'll see. If it's meant to be, it's going to happen, and I'm pretty uh, open about ideas and things to do. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Can you give our listeners, uh, we didn't even share yet, uh, how they can get to your website? Yes, yeah, so if people are interested, they can go and read about my website. dot J-E-A-N-F-R-A-N-C-O-I-S, my last name, D-U-P-R-A-S.com. So I know it's a bit of a long one, French name. So www.J-E-A-N-F-R-A-N-C-O-I-S, my last name, D-U-P-R-A-S.com. You can find me also on Twitter and my Facebook page is My Life, My Adventure, um, so I'm trying to be a little bit everywhere. This is something new as well. So that's a great challenge and, uh, try to do my best and yeah. What an amazing goal. I, uh, I'm already excited to follow you and watch, you. Uh, watch you reach your goal. That's going to be amazing. 
and the work you do, you know, I'm hoping uh, that it's going to be incredible work on the mental health side as well, right? You know, the the work you're doing to support different organizations um, will be so meaningful. Um, and what a way to do it. Yeah, I think we all have different ways to help people. And for me, that's what I feel I need to do. And the more I'm moving towards that direction, the more things are unfolding perfectly. So I'm like, oh, this is the way I need to do it. And um, now that I'm feeling better, now that I'm looking back at my past and everything, like I've been through, and, and we all have a story, so we need to embrace it. If we need to forgive ourselves for things or people, we need to do it and move so that helps us being more happy. But now that I look back at it, I'm just so grateful for everything that happened in my life. Like that, yes, I was depressed, but that's the reason I'm here today and I want to help people uh, try to commit suicide. But that's something I want to address and I want to help people and uh, help young teenagers to understand what's going on in their life and uh, do some prevention for suicide as well. Um, I've been a big dreamer, so I'm, I'm passionate about mountains. I want to help people dream and being passionate. So I'm trying to build that community around my project and do something amazing and just being myself. That's what I'm learning. Just uh, I think for a big part of my life, I was trying to be somebody else that I wasn't, mm. but there's everything I need is already inside of me. I just need to follow my heart and follow my dream. And it doesn't matter. People will always say, well, that's impossible. And well, that's okay. If you want to do you do it, don't do it. You don't need to talk to me. I'm going to do what I'm feeling and I'm going to help people like I can. Yeah. And not listen to those naysayers. Yeah. I think that is amazing. You know, a few of the goals of the depression files, one, I want to educate people about just how debilitating depression can be. Um, I think too many people only believe that it's around being sad and it's so much deeper than that and so much more debilitating at times. But I also want to give hope and you are a perfect example of somebody who's incredibly inspirational and um, offering an incredible amount of hope. You've, you've been down some really dark paths and come through as such a strong adult who's um, doing some amazing work and advocating. So it's amazing. It's really exciting stuff. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yeah. The, the more I'm sharing, the more I feel that's, it's, that's what I was meant for. So it's, it's beautiful. It's just, yeah, I'm feeling I'm embracing every day more and more now, and I'm just, yeah, That's doing great. what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> so my uh, my last piece, and I, I ask all of the guests this question, do you have any kind of final tips, suggestions, advice, or words of hope that you want to share with our listeners, particularly who may be going through a tough patch right now? For sure. Um, what I would say to those people is just go Go get some help. Talk to someone. Doesn't matter if you talk to your friend, your dog, your cat. That what's going on inside needs to come out because the more you're gonna keep it inside, the worse, the darker it's gonna get. So please give yourself a gift. Give yourself the gift of freedom, the gift of forgiveness. Go out and share and go get some help. It's not about weakness. Like I'm having some shivers right now. Um, <laughs> it's it's. Be courageous. It's definitely not being weak or lame or whatever you think. It's about taking power of your life. Be yourself. Forgive yourself if you need to. Go get some help. Be courageous. Go get the help. It's it's okay. We all have things to deal with and you can do it. Do it one day at a time. Uh, remember, everything is temporary. So if something's going wrong, well, something's going to go well. And we're learning. Like We're here every day in life to learn. And we're just becoming a better version of yourself. And just 
try to do your best have some dreams like small dream bigger dreams being uh, dreaming about being on top of the mountain or being a cook or just being happy like i think that's the key and everything i want to say is just try to be happy you try to be yourself you don't have to be a superhero just be your own you you are amazing like every one of us is unique and amazing and beautiful and we just need to embrace that and yeah, it's it's not easy to do but by doing a little bit every day and believe in yourself and yeah there's life is beautiful like i'm just realizing more and more now that life is beautiful and if you open your heart and look around and there's just amazing thing like there's nothing ordinary there's special moments all the time and yes you might go through some rough time but those rough time will get you stronger and you'll learn about yourself and you're so yeah have some passions have some dreams be yourself and smile yeah some awesome advice from jean francois jean francois and uh you know, I want to just remind the listeners that Jean-Francois has been there, right? You've been in those really, really dark times. You've experienced some pretty incredible traumatic mm-hmm. incidents. So you're not, uh, you know, you're not just glorifying everything and making it sound so simple. It took you work, time, and effort. Yeah. You really worked through a lot of your issues. You really stuck with it. You really, um, it took time and effort and, uh, and that's, I think, I believe, why you got to the point you're at now today. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And one, one step at a time. That's the, that's the key. One step at a time, one day at a time, one minute at a time sometime. And just just try to find happiness in anything you can. And everything is going to get better. But you have to make that decision. Do yeah. you want to feel the same? Or are you sad? Are you sick of it? Or you just do, do you want to change? If as soon as you decide to change, go get some help things will change. It might take some time. Be patient. Be, um, But do it, make that decision for yourself. Give yourself that gift, gift of happiness. That's, that's the only thing that's hap- important in life, being happy, being in yourself. Yeah. Excellent words of wisdom. Uh, Jean-Francois, I want to thank you so much for um, taking the time to join us here on The Depression Files. I will truly be following you. I hope that you stay in touch with me. Um, yes. I'm going to make sure I connect with you some other ways, like through your Facebook page and so forth and, uh, make sure you stay healthy. Thank you. Yes. Thanks for having me tonight. It was a great adventure. Thank you for listening to the depression files. Please know that if you are currently suffering from depression and are experiencing thoughts of suicide, please reach out for help in the United States. You can text to seven, four, one, seven, four, one to connect with a trained crisis counselor, or you can go to suicide.org for a list of international suicide hotlines. If you're a man who has experienced depression and would like to be interviewed for the show, please reach out to me on Twitter at AlLevin18. Thank you again for listening to The Depression Files.